Hey everyone, do you love our theme song as much as I do? I hope so. If you do, please show some love to the band who wrote and performed it, Remember Jones. Their debut album, Ladies and Gentlemen, Remember Jones, is on iTunes and Spotify, and I urge you to give it a listen. I've seen them perform many a time, and it is such a unique experience. They're also debuting a new EP very soon, so please keep your eyes peeled for that. You can find out more about them and the new EP at Remember Jones on Facebook and Instagram. Anyway, enjoy the show. Loud and curious, big, mysterious, not too fast or furious. Are you experienced? Are you serious? Loud and curious, loud and curious, loud and curious. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Loud and Curious with Krista Rosa. Um, I will say that this is possibly the most comfortable episode that I've had yet since we're sitting on the nice. floor. Um, I am here on Roosevelt Island for the first time ever with Tomas Pataki, um, probably the distant relative of Helga G. Pataki from Hey Arnold. <laughs> How are you doing, Tomas? I'm doing awesome. Welcome, welcome to Roosevelt Island, this uh, beautiful and... Uh, undiscovered island of opportunity it's very interesting it almost reminds me of like a college campus not to that i hope that didn't isn't offensive but like it's very college campus like in a good way yeah you know what there's actually now that you talk about that there's a i believe carnegie tech is being built on the south part of this island over there so they've been blocking our view but uh so it like will be a college campus yeah yeah, no exactly (laughs) exactly so yeah um so you, we met each other via email through um, Jalea Hassan, who I will hopefully be getting on this podcast Wonderful as soon woman. as she decides to text me back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. She, yeah. she always answers me. Um, you started your own business. And whenever I was looking into starting my own business, uh, she connected. She was on an episode of my old podcast, 100% That's with right. Serena and Chris. And then when I was talking to her about it, she was like, oh, my God, I have the person to, for you to meet. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to set you guys up email. Like, and she introduced us. And you gave me, like, such good advice and wrote, like, a huge, long, like, really well, like, typed out email that uh-huh. I read it's like a lot of times because it was a very a lot of heavy <laughs> information but like it had everything that I needed you answered all my questions and it was amazing and so as soon as I started this I was like oh I need to like get him on here because you like really 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 knew what you were talking about well thank um, you so much no I really wanted you to succeed so yeah uh, that's yeah. very nice of you yeah. um and a lot of people there's uh, everyone has like a side hustle nowadays everyone is doing something yeah. um your only income is no longer like just your job that you do and even like myself as a television producer i'm like how can i get more money from like doing side things um and so that's very really big right now and i really would like to talk to you because you made something um become your like you made your own business and now it's your only form of income correct like it's your full-time job Yes, yeah, so it was uh, it was my brother and I. So uh, we just about actually it's oh my gosh it's the anniversary already. So just a year ago, uh, we co-founded Tegla Retail, which is a retail measurement startup. So essentially, we do we have two functions as a company. We develop technologies to track shoppers in brick and mortar stores, and also develop technologies to track products in stores as well. 
very interesting. That's yeah. like so cool. We were talking a lot about it the first time I met you, and it was like that. I think yeah. that's like so fascinating. I like talked your ear off about it for like, <laughs> a while. Um, so I want to go back, like all the way back from the beginning. So you were born in Hungary, right? I was actually born in Chicago. Oh, I knew. That. I'm a no, 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 no. You, you, you got it. Because like, I mean, I lived in Chicago for a year before we moved out. So I'm a, I'm a first generation immigrant, I guess to to some extent. Uh, uh, you know, son of uh, of original off the boat immigrants from Hungary, mm-hmm. uh, who were fleeing communism at the time, and so I was born in Chicago, lived there for a year, and then and then my father got an opportunity to work out in Hungary, uh, so he was one of the crazy people that was willing to do that at the time because you know the Berlin Wall had just freshly fallen off, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so we moved to Hungary and then lived the expat life, living around from country to country. Yeah. And so you guys did that. You did that for like most of your childhood, correct? You like moved around a lot. Uh, yeah, that's fair to say. So we moved to Hungary, lived there for eight years, uh, moved to India for four years, and then moved back to Hungary for two years, and then moved to Austria for three years, and then I graduated from high school there. Okay. And you, it's you, your dad, your mother, and your uh, twin brother. Uh, twin brother? No, not no, twin brother. No, no. Yeah, yeah. He looks very similar. Though. You guys look exactly alike. Yeah, yeah. No, so it was uh, three other brothers. So it's so it's four of us all together. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Do yeah. all of your brothers look exactly like you do? Uh, you know, I would say it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic. So me and my third, I guess my third oldest brother, or second, yeah, second oldest brother, uh, the the one I co-founded Teglarito with. So uh, that's Miklos. We look very alike. And then uh, Tony and Gubby look very similar. Uh, but the four yeah. of you don't all like look like one person. We, we look somewhat similar. Yeah. We all have features that, you know, yeah. we share in, in, in several respects. So, yeah. Isn't that weird how some families like look ex- like they all look exactly uh, like. And then yeah. so, like I feel like my family is very we don't look all the same. Right. But like some people like I feel like you and your brother. I literally when I we added each other on Facebook and we had never met in person. Yeah. Yet, and I literally was like, I don't know which one of these brothers. is. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> which they one just of these come twins from the is the one that I'm like, yeah. is this one Facebook that I'm like talking to both on? Like what's going on? <laughs> like you literally look, look, look exactly like other than your brother has a long uh, it's like a bigger beard than you do he does he does he yeah. he's mastered that beard yeah yeah um so you guys move around a lot you graduate from high school right. you then go to college yeah i do i do so then i moved to florida so uh, i mean at the time i really didn't know what i wanted to do mm-hmm. so my parents uh were basically retiring to florida this gave me a good reason to live close to family so uh so i moved out there to ucf in orlando and you went to school there, and then you did what? So, well, uh, that was an interesting journey in of its own. So I double majored in marketing and finance, but for the first year and a half in college, I thought I was going to be an actor, or that was what I really, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's, it's because a, you just like want you thought you wanted to do it, or what? You know, it was that throughout my high school, perhaps middle school and high school years, I guess theater was a great way to get to know other people. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, I had a little bit of a knack for uh, for acting. But uh, a year and a half later, I realized maybe this is not the path I want to go down on. But uh, but yeah, I had all sorts of odd jobs and gigs here and there. So, you know, I was the Grinch at Universal Studios, Grinch Miss. Oh my God, like kids up. were coming in and, you know, I'd be talking to him, talking to them in my Grinch voice and whatever. Uh, randomly, I won like this Grinch Miss Award. I don't know how in the world that, that happened, but. Um, what, what, what was this award? 
You were the best Grinch of anyone. That, that's exactly what. That's exactly what it was. It was the best Grinch award of, of this year, and I was like, I don't even know how I won this. And the thing was, was you know, we'd be switching in and out between. So it wasn't just one Grinch, of course. There were several other Grinches that that took on different shifts. And uh, but the thing was, was you never got a chance to see all the other Grinches do their oh. strut their stuff. Oh, OK. So you like went in blind and they- I went in blind. This was my first season. And all these other Grinches had done this for several seasons. Like they were, you know, they were very well weathered. They knew they knew the entire movie back and forth. And there I am. I'm like, oh, Grinch must. OK. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I I, I guess you just uh, some some were a little little meaner than usual. I tried to hit a good little soft spot between the two, not not try to make too many people cry. So. Did you? Were they mad at you whenever you won the award? Would, so you like came in rookie, like rookie, and like clean sweep, I, I, like <laughs> took the crown, and like were they mad at you? Like what happened? No, no, there wasn't there wasn't any real reaction. I think it was more like who the hell was this guy? Yeah. You know, because like I I felt like when I joined the group there. I was a little bit of an outsider and I generally have a tendency to get along with people, but there it seemed like they had really ingrained roots with each other and they were already throwing around, you know, past jokes from past from previous like lives and whatever else. And they were also doing other acting gigs and recommending each other. And so I felt a little bit distant from them. So I feel like I didn't read too much into it. It really came as a surprise, but I, I, I couldn't really tell you if um, there was Did anger. You win this award and then go well, like I, my acting career is over because like I've won the pinnacle of everything that I needed to. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I was uh, uh well, um, it's a hard business. It, it, and it people, is, and it like it's very. I even more than like as someone on the other side of the camera watching people do yeah. that all the time, even in like reality television. It's hard when people are like, you know what, you're just not good enough. And it's like you as a person. And that's like a very hard thing that I like probably could never like that's hard, even for someone with as much self-esteem and like uh, blind trust in myself as me. Like, I feel like that would be I would be broken down very easily. So did you were you scared of that? Did you feel that like. Yeah. So rejection is definitely part of the acting atmosphere. You have to get used to that. What really got me though is it was this probably the second to last day <clears throat> um of 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 acting there and I realized that you know there are really two things to there are really two paths that you can take in as an actor. One, you become incredibly famous, you either work on Broadway or go to Hollywood and whatever and live that fancy lifestyle, or the other one, which is this one right there. So yeah. you live in these little micro worlds and whatever, but you know you still enjoy your craft. So if you enjoy it, then you have a great time. But what I realized, like even there, even there where you know we're just people working at Universal Studios, it was full of people just complaining every yeah. time that this was wrong and that was wrong. So it was a little bit of like a diva culture that was coming out of it. And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't think I can, I, I don't think I can be part of this. You know, I, I, I feel like this was, you know, a really great opportunity, but, um, I don't know. It just, it just didn't yeah. seem to appeal to yeah. me. So, th- so that was really the last little straw on the, on the, uh, on the camera. And then you were, there. yeah. And then you were, okay. So then you're done. So you leave acting yeah, and you switch to, uh, or your other major was, so yeah. So I mean, marketing and finance, or marketing was always my main major. major right? So I, I, you know, I, I even told my parents I was like, you know, I'm going to go into acting, and then my father immediately said, was like, absolutely, that's not. fine, oh, but okay. <laughs> don't you dare try to change your major to like, you know, yeah. theater, tech, or whatever. And I was like, okay, fine, you know, I'll, I'll do it on the side. 
Um, so I so I always had marketing there in the back of my belt, and Got then. It. The next summer came around, and uh, one of my old buddies from from high school, actually, uh, who was living up in Montreal, he gives me a call and says, "Hey, how would you like to co-manage a a home renovation franchise up here in Montreal?" And I said, "Yeah, why not? Let's let's go ahead and do that. I don't even know what I'm going to be doing, but let's do but that." Like, okay. And so the first day I get there, I get a grinder. So you move away. So well, you know, I moved there for the summer. So it's four oh, to okay. four to five okay. four so to five months of work at this point. I'm still in college, okay. but it's four to five months of just you know basically like full time work there. So, um, so yeah. And then after a few infections in my finger, my leg, and just really shady circumstances, I, we had. We really were not observing security or you know safety regulations. And at you the time. got an infection in your leg and in your finger. And in my finger, yeah. So they actually, I mean, I know I'm shouldn't really be uh, no, getting into oh. this in detail, but they uh, had to like no, yeah. um, bring it on. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> you see, you see, there's a little bit of a scar left right here not on really. my middle finger. Yeah. So oh, I can't it's, see it's it. It's not too bad. It's so not, it's not noticeable. Exactly. At all. Okay. But basically, this middle finger puffed up to twice the size. No. Yeah, it's it was it was nasty, and so it Why was to the point happen? where I had trouble sleeping. So we weren't working in the most sanitary conditions. Okay, so and you th- cut your finger and it got infected. I must have cut my finger somewhere. We're working with all sorts of different types of paints. There's dust flying up. You know, we're you know grinding metal work and everything. So outside, indoors, and whatnot, and so. And so I remember I was trying to fall asleep this one day and I could just feel this throbbing sensation in my middle finger. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't fall asleep. I can't fall asleep. Next day, I'm, I'm working on this uh, one job. <clears throat> so you're, wait, when you guys are doing this, you're like actually in there like renovating homes. I'm actually in there renovating homes. So we're managing, we're managing six teams. But at the same time, you also want to make sure yeah, that you're you just know, getting your hands, you're, you're working just in right there too. next yeah. to them. You're okay, not just watching other I help people you? work. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So... Uh, so drove drove to this one workplace, stopped by, said, okay, well, what can I help with here? How can I make sure that, you know, we get this job done in time? And, um, and yeah, so there I was, and, I'm, and my, my buddies were there. I'm like, guys, I, I don't know what to say, but my middle finger is, like, really hurting, Fucked and I up. can't sleep. Yeah. And, of course, I get the typical friend college response. You're like, like you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it, man. You'll, you'll be good. You know, Just, it's like blowing up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, like, the second time around, I'm like, no, seriously, guys, this is kind of hurting. They're like, all right, take your glove off. And so I take it off, and they both look at it like, oh, my gosh, you have to go get some help with that. Yeah. So we go to a pharmacy. We're like, well, let's just get some antibiotics. She, The pharmacist looks at it. Her eyes widen up. She's like, no, 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 no amount of antibiotics will do that. You have to go to the hospital. And so, uh, you know, because it's Quebecois. And then so we go to the hospital over there right around the corner. Six hours later. This plastic surgeon comes around, and no, like anesthe- uh, no anesthesia or anything, takes a razor blade and cuts <laughs> right into it. Yeah. And so there she is. And like I'm whenever the people's legs blow up and they have to do that on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the episode, but at one point there's like this woman with these legs and they're real big and they just literally slice into her leg and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. I, oh my God, that was you. This. I'm happy I haven't, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, don't watch it. You'll have flashbacks. Okay, okay, yeah, fair enough. So yeah, so there she is and she's like, yeah, I'm just going to cut right through. I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. So there's no... You're not going to give me like any sort of drugs. Yeah, like, no, I just got it. This is No, no, I'm just going to cut right in. I'm like, okay, well, pardon me if I start swearing at you. She's like, no, that's okay. I'm used to it. And now I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not looking at it. I'm not looking at it. And all of a sudden I just feel the razor blade go oh my in. God. And oh my God. I look back over. 
of course there's goop coming out of it and whatever else. <laughs> and then she takes pliers and starts or stop, tweezers stop. and starts and pulling, pulling the out stuff the, out. That's just like Dr. Pimple Popper, but like on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so she starts using tweezers and she's pulling out this like white pulp from it. Ew. And then, yeah. I need to put like a disclaimer on the beginning of this episode. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So, so you're so, like, so she's like ripping your finger. Okay. So that happened to your leg again? Like, uh, did no. that happen again with your leg? So, so I got this infection right on my leg, uh, right above my knee, uh, kneecap area. And I guess I was just young and dumb. And so I had a knife with me on one of the, the work jobs. And so I managed to heat up the knife a little bit. I guess that was my way of disinfecting it. And then I just cut out the infected area. It wasn't close to as bad as the one on my fingers. So, but there was, you know, still the white pulp that I had to cut out of it, put a bandaid on okay, and so it like, went on working. So that's okay. Wow. <laughs> so that's like just like a lot. That's just a lot of no, infections I, that you're like getting in your body from doing this job. And yeah. so you get these infections. What happens with the finger at the end? I cut you off, but like, so she pulls all the stuff out and then what? She stitches you back up and then you're like, so unfortunately you can't just stitch it back up. So with infections, typically you have to let it, heal from the inside out so they have to keep Huge. the wound open and then you have to pack it every day that's so that it just sucks up all the goop the, and blood and so anything. you should like put stuff in your finger exactly that's disgusting yeah so i had to go to no, the hospital. yeah no no it totally was <laughs> it totally was so for the first week i had to go back and forth to the hospital Ew. get it packed oh my god and then after the first week i was like okay i gotta i gotta get back to work like there's no no ifs ands or buts so i just wrapped it around packed it every morning went out and then at night as well and then and then just put a glove on and then just made sure that uh you know i didn't get that finger <laughs> infected again so so uh, moral of this story is safety first mm -hmm. and like always wear gloves what <laughs> i guess i guess yeah, yeah. um Okay, so you're or doing, give the job to so, someone else. Yeah, or don't do this. <laughs> don't do this job. Yeah. Um, so you go. So you're doing this in where it was Montreal, Montreal, mm -hmm. and you're doing this for the summer. Exactly. And then, after like how many infections is it that you're like, okay, I need to be done, or did you just stick it through until the end of the summer? No, I stick it through because frankly, it was like a lot of fun. It was okay. just a whole different scenario, and I, I've, I've been, I've always been used to kind of like working outdoors and whatnot. Yeah, and it was just really cool, just managing, you know, working with the teams and. Um, you know, working off of these 40 foot ladders and whatever else. So it was just, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a ton of fun. Once I finally got back, uh, I mean, I just literally sat down in my living room and I just stared at the wall for probably an hour because I couldn't believe all of that just happened. It just happened and now you're back in your normal life. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's weird. Yeah. Even like going away for work, like you like are in that life for like a month. Like I went, I was like away for like a month and a half and was like, so in this whole new life. And then I came back to my apartment. And I was like, well, oh, this is so fucking weird. <laughs> like, and I was just like, oh, like I'm back in my old life. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. weird. Um, so you've continue going to school. Right. I continue going to school. And then, so I was like, okay, this whole business thing is actually pretty cool. Uh, my brother and I had been doing like <clears throat> hackathons in the past. So, you know, these programming competitions, they give you like 24 hours and whatnot. So I was like, you know, this whole tech and business field is pretty cool. And then the next summer. Where did you learn to so, do tech? Like, how did you learn how to, did you, are you, do you know how to code? I'm, no, I'm, I'm like, when it comes to code, I, I might as well be, you know, reading Cyrillic or whatever. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I understand the fundamentals. I understand the basics. So if you show it to me, I can kind of see the logic, but that that is nowhere near my realm. That's and that's something that you learned. Miklos. I'm I'm more on the front end. So okay. I'm pretty decent when it comes to like uh, you know the Photoshop, Illustrator, website design setup. 
um, Got 3D it. graphics rendering and whatever else. So that's that's kind of my my field of expertise, yeah. I guess. Got um, it. When it comes to computers. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of what I leveraged in these hackathons. And then the next summer, I was interning at Coca Cola in Hungary, and there I had a pretty cool. Um, pretty cool little stint of just being a marketing intern there. So I got to, you know, help, uh, you know, uh, put oh, together. You guys are right by the, uh, do the helicopters fly over a lot? They do. They do in the mornings. In the mornings. In the mornings, that's when, you know, all the big, uh, big league Wall Street. Uh, People are getting flown in. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Okay, anyway, sorry. I just wanted to know that because yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. going to hear it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I, I interned at Coca-Cola. I, I had a chance to kind of take part in some of these festivals over there and, uh, and uh, take part in some market research. So that was my first little dabble in market research. Um, and then I didn't want college to end, so I took on another major in finance because I was like, you know, maybe something with numbers that seems pretty decent. So the next summer around, I worked at a wealth management firm, and that was boring. So yeah, I just stopped it right there. So... Yeah, that that kind of draws up the college towards the end of the college career right there. And so then you get out of so you get out of college mm-hmm. and you move here right away? No. No. So <clears throat> what ends up happening is uh one of my marketing professors, he says, "Hey, he comes up to me. This is my last semester. Comes up to me and says, "Hey, how would you like to have a job, by the way?" And I was like, "Yes, of course I would Absolutely, love to have one." Absolutely, yes. I guess I was pretty outspoken in class, so that kind of helped. Always helps. Oh, it always, always <laughs> take it from the loudest person that's ever going to be in any room. <laughs> it always helps because everyone remembers who you are. Yeah. I tell to everyone, "Be the loudest person in the room," and everyone's like, "The loudest person in the room has nothing to say." And I'm like, "Yeah, but everyone remembers that person." There you go. There we go. Anyway, continue. <laughs> continue. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, uh, it speaks to uh, to the title of your podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so I said, yeah, sure. I start interviewing at this place, um, at this place called C3 Research, which is a marketing consulting slash research firm. And next thing I see, I, I get a call saying, hey, come here and intern with us for this next six, five, six months. And then during my internship there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly the place where I want to be working. This is so awesome. I got to work on different types of projects working with tech clients, education, uh, liquor stores. And so we were working on research projects of all, of all types. So we had shoppers come into stores. We, uh, we worked with, you know, sales funnel and trying to figure out what's the best way for salespeople to interact with store customers. Um, you know, how do you, you know, uh, how, how do you evaluate the strength of your brand and, and how do you, how do you yeah. rebrand and whatnot? So, so you're looking at all these like different numbers and different kind of things where if I walk into a store, mm-hmm. you're like basically ju- not ju- judging me. It's not the right word. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, you're like evaluating me on like if I go, if I'm like spending a lot of time in the store, if mm-hmm. I'm. If, if people are actually coming into the store because of what it looks like, that kind of stuff, correct? Like, that's what all this is, is like, is like, what's your, what do I want to say? What's your, like, like how much uh, currency do you have to get people in the store and like retain people in the store, get sales, all that stuff, basically everything that you do now. Right, right. I, yeah. and, I, and I think that's a really good way to sum it up. It's, you know, it's much like Google Analytics, for example. You know how you're able to see everything yeah. in your dashboard, see where people are going through different pages, and what you want to do is make sure you optimize every part of this process. Yes. So even those those little pricing sheets that you look at on on the table when you're looking to buy a computer and whatever else, uh, there's there's specific science behind them to make sure that they give you the information that you need. The way products are organized across aisles, mm-hmm. those are specifically organized in a certain way 
so that they they sell the products that they want um, and sell less of the ones that they don't really well sell. that's just like that's why like there's um like sale racks are always either way in the back so that you have to walk through the entire store right. to like get to the sale rack or it's in the very, very front because if you see that there's like really good sale racks in the front, then you're going to want to walk in the store and see how much more sale stuff is inside. Yeah, right? that's, that, that's a fair point. And, and generally clearance is in the, in the far back so that you do go through all mm-hmm. the other products because uh, if you are, for example, if you are a person that buys clearance items, you're typically a value purchaser. And so what they want to do is maximize the amount of value out of you because uh, if you're just any other customer, uh, you know, if you're one that looks for higher end brands, don't care about price, at that point, you don't really need to showroom them. You don't really need to drag them through all the different Yeah, because they know what they want. And, and they're, and they'll and they're buy, gonna shop. Yeah, they're going to spend money. I used to work in like commission-based retail and we used to be like, like there were those people that you came in and you were like, ooh, this bitch right here. And I was like, she always buys shit. And I'm like, <laughs> hi, how are you? Mama? And, I, you know, and then you just sell them. <laughs> and you just sell them. And you just like, I basically like did a stand-up routine for everyone. It was just like, so like, Bubba, what are you looking for? And we just like run them through. And like there were people, depending on how nice their purse was, that was always a good indicator. <laughs> <laughs> but like you knew that there were those people that like always came in, and so yeah. you knew they were going to spend like five thousand dollars. I can so, so imagine you. Yeah. Oh, that. it was that is every single thing that I learned as a television producer. I learned like there, like selling clothes to people that like didn't really need them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's that kind of thing when people when, if people are going to spend the money, they're yeah. going to spend the money. So you understood it instinctually. So that's that's exactly yeah. What it's, yeah. So so how long are you at this company before? So I was there for just around three years. Okay. Um, the way I worked my way up the hierarchy was in a relatively short period of time. Part of it was was perhaps as a result of timing. The other part was was I, I was able to provide some value pretty early on. And so within about a year, uh, we had this conversation where we sat down and said, okay, well, what's the next step for the company? Mm-hmm. And so it was a relatively small company. And so they said, well, we, we want to start growing. Well, where's the next market? It's New York. Hey, Thomas is here. He's always wanted to move to New York, or we're assuming that, I guess. I'm, back in my mind, I'm like, yes, I definitely would you're want like, to. Yeah. yeah, please. And uh, and yeah, and they say, okay, well, Thomas, you're going to be moving up in, in two months' time. How, what, what do you think about that? I said, yeah, of, cor- of course I want to yeah, go. Thank I mean, you. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know what to make of it. I was like, is, there really, is it really two months' time, or is this going to be six months or a year? Yeah. And then a month later, my boss says, he's like, Thomas, Pack have you started shit. looking for apartments? Yeah. Like, what's what's going on? I was like, oh, my God. So this is that so re- that's real. This is really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I had to double check there. And so. <clears throat> so, yeah. So that was that. And then two weeks later, I'm on a phone call with my brother, Miklos. And I'm like, hey, uh, where is he? Sorry to interrupt. He's in D.C. He's OK. So he's, in he's DC working at, at a time. startup. Mm-hmm. And he's like coding or. Exactly. OK. So he's working at a startup. Uh, wow. You guys are really like the dynamic duo. <laughs> That's like really. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. So he's like coding and then he's in D.C. And you're like, yo, like. New York, what's good? Yeah, yeah or yeah. like, sorry. No, it was, it was, it was actually more like, it was more like, because uh, I, I wasn't expecting him to to move up. I was just like, oh man, you know, it's really difficult to find roommates up there because, of course, you have to have a roommate yeah. in New York, otherwise you'll be living absolutely in the boondocks. And so, 
so he he asked me he's like well thomas why didn't you why didn't you tell me earlier i'll of course i'll yeah, come like, up I'll and, fucking and move quit up my job right now i'm quitting right. it today and we're going yeah yeah, yeah exactly and so well, that's but, a, what a great brother he, he, no he is i really i really couldn't ask for better and so so yeah in, in two weeks time we were already meeting up with a realtor who actually turned out to be hungarian and then by uh, chance by by chance you know you're just messaging all these different types of yeah, apartment listings and, and of like, course and that like apartment some... listing is not available but we have an even better oh, one. Oh, the bait and switch is oh, like gosh, yeah. beyond right. beyond right right exactly in new york yeah so um so yeah and then randomly this this hungarian lady texts or uh, emails us in hungarian going See Tomas, what you da, da, da. yeah yeah like, okay cool awesome so so yeah move up here and then she's like how about Roosevelt Island? We're like, wait, we get to take a gondola over over the city? Of course we'll move here. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you do you have the are you did you move and get the job or are you like, oh, we found an apartment, moved here, and then the job starts? Like are you like at all ever sleeping on a couch? No, no, I wasn't. Oh, no, I well, wasn't. lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucky well, you. That's not your experience? Nope. None, and a lot okay. of other people's. You like just moved into the apartment and then we're like, my job's starting. That, that's exactly what it wow, was. Wow, that's great. Like like the weekend before. You should be really proud of yourself. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> no, th- th- well, thank you. But it's, you know, it's an overwhelming experience moving into New yes, York. It's absolutely. It's just a whole different environment. So, yeah. And then luckily my brother was able to code from... Uh, from oh, yeah, bar. you can kind of do it from wherever, right? Exactly. And so most of his team was was uh, was working out of the office anyway, so um, or at least from home, sorry. Yeah, not, yeah. Not out of the office. And uh, and yeah, so so he moved up here and then basically worked up here in New York for the next two years, uh, helping develop the business as well as conduct and manage the research team down in Orlando and uh, had a really great experience. And then Miklos and I had been cracking our heads for a while on, you know, we really wanted to start something. We didn't know exactly what it was going to be. And we always knew that this idea of tracking people was, there was some value to it. Yes. But we just didn't know. I think there is more than like, I think there is more than like any, more than any, like ever, ever. It's, it's more important. Like today, I feel like it's the most important that it's ever been. No? No, I think that's a, that's a, a, a fair statement. Uh, just because, Till today, there was no technology that allowed you to do this in an objective fashion. Yeah. And so far, whether it's the accounting or finance community or, or any other division in a company have always kind of furrowed their brows at the marketing, especially the research teams, and said, really, so you're going to hand me the survey data and you're going to tell me it's statistically significant, but can I really tie this to real behavior? Like, how, yeah. how do I really do that? And so, so it's always been, been difficult to do that and still is till today. Um, but yeah, so, so then my brother came across augmented reality as a, as a way of mapping out environments yep. as well as tracking things, tracking objects, tracking people. And for so people that don't know, augmented reality is like the, the big, the thing that I can eat most easily equated to is like Pokemon Go. You're in your real world and you have your cell phone, but you're looking through the lens of your cell phone into the real world and catching a Pokemon, correct? That's, yep. See, I'm like, not listen, no. not just a hat rack. You, you, you've, you've <laughs> got it. You've got it. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, not for a second. I didn't really expect you to be a hat rack at all. No, so. I'm, I'm joking yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, so you guys... So you're working at this company, so you're not this. You don't have your own. You knew that you wanted to do something else, right. and so you're like. So we start playing around with different technologies. We're working with uh, Wi-Fi range finding technologies. We're like, well, let's first try to track the phone that's in your pocket. 
so we said, well, what if we start using uh, wireless technologies where we say, well, if you're X distance from this, uh, this router, then can we tell where exactly you are? Well, that wasn't very accurate. Then we tried Bluetooth as well. And we went through a few different technologies and said, well, none of this is really going to be as accurate. And w especially when you're in retail, you want to make sure that you know that that person is in front of your specific product. Yes. Not a foot over in, at someone in front of your competitors. Yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. So you want to get really specific, especially in research. Um, and so... Uh, finally, he found that the foundations of augmented reality are incredibly powerful to be able to track where a phone exactly is where because you, you have to know exactly in Pokemon Go, you have to know exactly where am I going to be portraying this figure relative in this space. Yes. So, so I, I have to know that. And so that's what it's extremely good for. Yeah. So you discover this and then you say, I want to start my own business. I, exactly. exactly. And so is this scary? Like, have you ever, had you ever done this before? Like, have you ever stepped out on your own and started your own business? Uh, you know, we've played around with a lot of ideas in the past. I okay. mean, you have, like, you can't even imagine the amount of ideas that we've gone through. Um, but I've never actually taken the so-called dive, the leap of faith or yes. whatever. Um, so it was definitely a scary time. What really helps is I had quite a few friends in the entrepreneurial community. Okay. So it really just helps kind of, they kind of embrace you in a way, and it just helps make that leap a little bit easier. Uh, planning, 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 preparation is incredibly important. So make sure you research the entire market is incredibly important. Make sure that my finances were in check. Make sure that my family was, you know, uh, was was there for us and that they were supporting us. That's incredibly important. And so finally, when this all culminated together, I said, okay, this is, the, this is a good time. Yeah. Um, and so what is your first step once you... Once you're like, okay, I want to start a business, mm -hmm. I want you to walk me through like everything that you did. So what did you do? Fair enough. So I believe we started this specific one back in February of last year in 2016. And so the first thing you start doing is one, start developing. Miklos was the product developer. So he started working on developing a prototype because this was untested. Yes. Augmented reality is a very new technology. Very new. Um, and the way that we're going about tracking people is, is brand new. So one is, can we, can we even do this? Is this even possible? So he started prototyping around. And in the meantime, what I was doing was landscaping out the market, saying, one, is there a market for this? Two, are there any competitors out there? And really just started researching as much as possible. So when you say like you were, so you're, you're looking at the market and you're researching, you're just like Googling and like looking to see if like there's, if something will come up, correct? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Like it's not like this crazy, like, oh, like anyone can do this. You literally just get on go the Google machine, anyone can fire it up and be like, yo, like what's, what's up? And then right. you just see like if anyone else is doing this, if there's articles written about it, if there's, right, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, even from your basic marketing class, you can just start bringing out the most... Uh, the the foundations and saying okay well let me do a SWOT analysis so strength weakness opportunities and threats oh yeah of, I forgot about that stuff right yeah, yeah. so um, then uh, you know you want to do your f five C's analysis customer competitor and whatever else and so and so you go through all of this and you want to make sure you know your market as well as you can because your initial thought about or idea about what you're going to create may actually form into something completely different. You yes. might find a different opportunity. Yep. So if if you're thinking about doing something like this, start reading as much as you can because there's a lot of material out there. 
Um, so yeah, so that's, that's all it was practically for the next few months. And then it was, okay. Are you still working for that company during still, this time? Still You're still working and this is like your baby at, at like what I'm doing right now, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Just late evenings like working Googling, on that yeah. weekends. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'd go into a coffee shop and just start Get plugging going. out and working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then finally there was this one point where, where my brother looks up at me, he says, Thomas, you got to check this out. I was like, oh my gosh. And there's this, there's this glint. Do you like remember, eye. do you like remember this vividly? I, you know, we've had a few different, you know, I don't remember actually this specific moment because we've had a few different moments. He always has this glint in his eye when he's finally cracked. Yeah. Something, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so, but, but he always has this one look and he looks up and he gives me this glint. It's like, Thomas, I figured it out. And then he just like shows me that the technology is actually showing the exact path around where, where he was walking. So, you know, actually I do remember it quite vividly. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so he shows it to me. I was like, great, perfect. I've done all of the landscaping and research that I could do. Uh, and it seems like there is a market for this. So time to start drawing up all the marketing materials, time to start creating a website, time to start. So, you know, you create your website in you know, incognito. So no one's, no one should, should see it other than you two. Uh, start writing up the emails. So what kind of what kind of cold emails am I going to start writing to all these different companies? Okay, so that's the next one. Uh, what kind of CRM, customer relationship management system, I, am I going to set up? And there's all sorts of tools for this out there. Mm -hmm. um, so CRM system so that, you know, it may be easy to stay on top of the first five clients. Wait, CR, wait explain what that is, CRM. So uh, CRM or customer relationship management system Essentially, what it is is a glorified Excel sheet that allows you to uh -oh. stay on top of all of okay. your customers. Yeah, got it. So you can input all of their data and whatever else. And you know, if you only have like five or ten customers, then Excel works just fine. But once you start going beyond that, once you've, you know, we're in the thousands in terms of our email list that we've yeah. been sending out to, you need to have a CRM and you yeah. need to keep tabs on every single one of them. When was the last time that I contacted them? What yes. did they say and whatever else? So you set set up that system as well, and then and then at that point it was okay. Well, now it's time to start getting incorporated, and this was towards the end of all of that of of of, of my career at, at the workplace. I said, okay, time to get incorporated, and that's a that's a whole different. Pr well, it's not actually that complicated. Depending on what state you're in, it can be relatively easy or relatively difficult. We happen to pick one of the most difficult states of to course. do it in, which is New York. Um, so one of your best pals during this whole process are going to be online forums, including Reddit, actually. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. So uh, because you could either go around, you could either go through the route of going very straight on and, and doing everything exactly as it's written out, and you'll be spending thousands of dollars getting incorporated because there's something in New York called Articles of publishing and it's kind of an antiquated process but basically what you have to do is place your company name in at least two newspapers in the state of new york and what why do you have to do that it's it, it's it's been fought over in the past that's like some bullshit it it kind of is it kind of is and it, it really and they purposefully just really put the cost up the wazoo over here. So it costs you several thousand dollars to get that See, done. like, that's the thing that, like, you know, it's pissing me off. Like, whenever there are people like, oh, it's, like, free to, like, to, to, like, make a business. And I'm like, no, it's fucking not. Do you know what I mean? People are like, oh, it's, like, free to do, like, become a business owner. I'm like, no, it isn't. Right. Right. 
No, like no, I've been lied to my whole life. Like, you know what I mean? Because I was like, what is this like four hundred dollar fucking charge that I have to pay for like this to happen? I thought this was free. Isn't this right. America? Yeah. And yeah. then of course, like me, like fucking fourth generation American, like why the fuck do I have to pay this? And like, yeah, yeah. So but it's not free. And no, it's not free. I mean, there are some states. So if you like go to Ohio or I guess Philadelphia, you'll be spending maybe a hundred twenty-five dollars. So over here, there is a workaround. So there is a workaround all of the, throughout all these articles of publishing. You just don't do it in the city of New York. You do it in the state of New York. You no. do it in like Albany, for example. Yeah. Albany happens to be one of the better uh, cities to do this in. And then afterwards, you set up an articles of transfer, and then you transfer your company back down Got here. It. And then, so all in all, you end up spending perhaps around like $300 or somewhere around there. But you wouldn't know this if you wouldn't have read up read on, up it. on so, it. Yeah. So that's incredibly important is just do your research and if you see that you're about to get smacked in the face by a huge cost or fee, research. Someone's how, probably yeah, asked that question. Before. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, how you did it through, you advised me to like incorporate through a registering right. agent. Registered what is it called? Agent. Registered uh -huh. agent, which like you have to have if you don't have like a brick and mortar store. Right. Correct. So, or office. Or, or an office. Correct. So you don't necessarily have to have a register. So what a registered agent is, is really it's an entity that will receive all sort of litigious paperwork. In other words, if someone's about to sue you, you want to make sure you know about that. Yes. Because if you don't know about it in time, you're not going to show up in court and whatever else. So you want to take care of that. Uh, if you place your own house address, and again, don't quote me on this. I'm not the legal expert here, but... If you place, I believe you can place your own home address on as a registered or for registered agent purposes. But if you don't happen to receive that envelope for whatever reason, then you can get into pretty big trouble. Yeah, like so it's, it's like it can be super intense, like hardcore situation. Exactly. So it's worth paying the hundred twenty-five like, yeah, like dollars or money at all. Yeah. yeah. So we use Northwest Registered Agent. So did I did it because you said I should. So perfect. I did. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. So yeah, we use them, and then this way they always PDF all the mail that comes in. If there is any sort of litigious work that would come in, then then we'd be notified right away, and then we'd know exactly what to yeah. take next. So it's kind of almost like a lawyer, not really, but it's like they like notify you. Like yeah, there's just like so much stuff that you don't. Office. It's like you don't have to like. There's stuff that you just don't have to deal with, basically. Right. Because right. um, and you pay them like a small fee yearly, exactly, like annually to like do exactly. Um, Finances, personal finances. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That's incredibly important, and and I can't stress that enough. Like you Make, need to get a business account, right? That's what we're talking about. No. Uh, well, so in terms of personal, both both. So personal finances, in terms of how much money do you have to keep yourself alive for the next year? Yeah. A year is a good mark. So. Let's say you say, well, in six months' time, I'm going to either m make sure that this business is making money or not, and then I'll quit or keep going. Uh, that's fine, but then you have to start looking for work. So you really have to make sure that you think a year ahead, and whatever number you have in your mind, double it. That's that's a con what a consultant once told me. Uh, I was out in one of these networking events, and wait, it, so you it, however much money you think you need to survive for a year, double that. Double that, and that's what. And that's the amount of money that you should have in your bank account at all times. Uh, no, not at all times. Just like, for the next year. So, oh so, so, okay. keep yourself over for the next year because you get all sorts of surprise costs that will yeah, come around. Yeah, and you like to go shopping if you're Chris Rosa. <laughs> like, what, like, you like yeah. what? 
yeah. spending money is my favorite pastime. Like, what are we talking <laughs> about here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There we go. Yes. If Whether it's a surprise uh, shopping expense that comes up or you have a surprise uh, wisdom tooth removal in your first three months, yeah, that's which not, was my Is that case. what happened? That's exactly How what happened. How bad was it? I mean, it it costs I think like six seven hundred bucks. Did you do anything funny whenever you were like under? Like, you know, did you wake I, up and be weird? Because I've had I've really good stories of my friend. Oh no way! Yeah, but did you do anything like funny? No, actually, I wasn't put under. My my mother <laughs> strictly told. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother strictly told me. She said, "What did they you do? Do not. They just get numbed, under. numbed your face." They, they know my face exactly. He was a great doctor, doctor, doctor Dolman. So if I can make a recommendation, I actually sent him a Christmas card. It's really? the first doctor I've ever sent a Christmas. Did card. Did you? Who? What was your Christmas card? Like you and your brother? Like? Yeah. Right. No. No. I no. I went to Papyrus. Oh. Okay. So not your face. It wasn't like a picture of you. No. No. Oh, no. it should have been. That would have been cute yeah. if it was like you and your brother, like back to back or something, it's, it's and like matching be. Christmas sweaters. See, Mag- yeah. twenty seventeen. Like, call me up. I'll get you. <laughs> That's going. why you're the digital. Marketer. Um. You. So no funny things. No. No, nothing funny. No, well, in, f- in fact, I that's boring. I think I had. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. I, I had like an old 70s uh, pick me up music in the background on my iPod. I think uh, he was extracting my tooth to walking on sunshine. Did you like feel it come out of your mouth? No, not, not at all. all. Was, you didn't feel was, anything. He was amazing. Did he like jerk it out of your mouth, though? Because I was like, get me out of here. Like, peace out. I got to go under. Like, I can't deal with this. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah like, I no, was like, so he, he worked really quickly. It was wow. 10 minutes and it was over. Like, I could hear the crack. I could hear the crack of the but tooth. But you didn't I was feel like, it at all. That does not sound good. Um, but no, I couldn't feel anything at all. How many did you get out? I just got one. Oh, okay. I have three. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay, you have to be put But under, I also, yeah. like, no, but I also, like, ate chips that day. I was fine. Wow. And I was, like, an adult, too. People were like, it's going to be so bad. I was like, oh, oh you're a brazen. Brazen. Yeah, I was, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's, what's oh. your funny story then? Oh, I don't. My friend like was. We were like in high school. And my friend got like so like high off of like the laughing gas or whatever. And like di- like the next day, the day like still so out of it. And like she was on like pain medication. Like I barely had to take the pain medication. She was on like hardcore pain medication. And like we like all went over to like sit with her. And she was like laughing so hard at like the pizza commercial that was literally just like think of like the Domino's commercial where like they just like throw the pizzas out of the oven and they like spin around on like uh-huh. the black like yeah. beauty shot thing. Like uh-huh. it wasn't even like a funny commercial. She's like cracking up and it's literally just pizza as like being served to the camera and I was like there's literally nothing funny about this commercial and she's like pissing her pants we were like in high school and she and then the one time she called me and was like this is like the next day she called me and was like hey Chris remember whenever we were watching Coyote Ugly and we like turned around and your dad was like making drinks in the back and I was like yeah and she was like <laughs> and just hung up the phone <laughs> like, so she was like high out of her mind oh for like God. days on like the pain medication but that was my funny story anyway so you that's don't mu- that's so much better than mine yeah. I was just on like Soylent and that's all I was, we just was drinking yeah, yeah. That was it. Um, okay, so Onyx, so you get you had a um, unforeseen expense. Un- unforeseen. Expense. So that's why you should be saving this money because you never know. And if that's your only your primary month like mode exactly. of income is like you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. You never you never know what's going to happen. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, as soon as you can, once you get incorporated, because I don't believe you can do it any other way. Once you get incorporated, open up a bank account. A business account. A business account. Unfortunately, there are quite a few. Most banks will require to have a minimum balance. Of like thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is fucking stupid. It really is. It is so stupid. And also, you know what else? Like, that is so dumb because it's like I have to pay, what, two, $5,000 just to exist? Like, right. that's what that is because you can never take it away, no, unless you close the account. That's correct. Like, you just, that's so fucking stupid. Why do they do that? No. I mean, I know why they do it, but like, you're losing my business. Bye. Right. No, and, and and the problem is, is that all the banks are in on it. Fucking so, stupid. Yeah, so we looked at a variety of different banks, and the one that had like the but lowest like credit minimum, union, you'd like start looking at like credit unions, right, or like smaller banks that aren't like 
the big mamas. You know, even even the sm- some of the smaller banks had surprisingly high minimum balances, and at that point, I was like, okay, well, what are some of the major banks where perhaps even I'm affiliated with? And Chase actually had the lowest minimum balance requirement out of all the banks that we looked at, so it was I think fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, so, but yeah, it still sucks because yeah, you're you're not going to see that money pretty much ever un- uh, unless unless you, have you to fold f- close the business yeah. exactly. Which, like, if you're doing that, then you're not seeing it anyway, right? Maybe, yeah, probably, hopefully not. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but so, so you get a business account, and then you're just like, and then all your money goes. My thing that I'm nervous about, which we kind of talked about before, this is like, how do I keep like, like I'm so nervous that I'm going to do something wrong with the money, or do something like, and not pay a tax, or not pay a something, and be like fucked, and like the IRS is going to be like on my butthole. I like don't want that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being very vulgar right now. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know you that well, and I shouldn't be this disgusting. Um, but like I don't want like, like how do you avoid that kind of stuff? I feel like that's what makes me the most nervous, and I and you already told me like don't be nervous about it. No. But like I feel like that makes a lot of people nervous in general. They're like starting business, like what if I how what if I don't don't know a law or I don't know how to do this and I do something wrong with my money and I'm like. Like, right. you know, fraud, I'm fraud being people or fraudulent or right. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. Okay. No. And, and this is, this is fair because you're, you're going into an unknown territory. So it's, it's actually good that you're really paranoid. That's yeah. exactly what you should be. And that's the reason why you'll start asking questions and finding answers. So, um, you know, in, in, in terms of the money related aspect of things, I mean, you know, I've mentioned, you know, open up a QuickBooks account that way you can kind of, you know, keep track of all your money. If 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 you don't want to do that, if you don't want to spend the monthly fee on that, then I'm sure there are some free solutions online. But otherwise, just open up an Excel sheet. Make sure that all your attachments, all your receipts are in a folder. And and if your you know biggest issue is is oh my gosh, what's going to happen when next year comes around and it's time to pay off my taxes? You know, um, then what you should be doing is just make sure that you keep that amount of money in your bank account. So you make. I was telling you this example earlier. So let's say, let's say you make a thousand dollars on a job, right? Yeah. So then, what you ideally want to do, and let's just be conservative because that's what we are. So let's just put three hundred dollars, and three hundred of that dollars, I am not going to spend, and just make sure that you don't touch it. And in fact, if you're going to keep it in your your business bank account, you're likely not going to touch it unless it's a business related expense, which you can write off anyway. Yeah. So you know. You shouldn't really be worried about, well, what if I overspend it on my shopping expenses? Well, make sure that's why it's important to open up a business bank account. Because then it's not touched. And then, like, I'm just transferring my, like, earnings into my personal bank account. Right? Well, exactly. Exactly. So, like, if I'm paying myself $400 for a job that I I earned, I don't know, $700 on. Like I'm just putting that $400 into my personal bank. See, but that's, I feel like, is not good, right? Isn't that when people are like... Like they're like, oh, you're like mixing your personal and your fucking bank account and blah, well, I mean, all that you do, shit. You do have to start paying yourself in some way or another. So, yeah. um, you know, if if you do, so if you set up an LLC, a limited liabil- liability yes. corporation, which is what most most first timers are going to do, unless you're immediately going to start looking for funding. So, in those situations, I believe you either start an S corp or C corp. But I believe S corps aren't even allowed in New York. Anyway, uh, don't quote me on any of this. Uh, but, uh, if you start an LLC, what it is, is it's a pass through entity. So what that means is everything is looked at as personal income. So whatever money comes in, that's just going to be added to your, to your personal, personal income, no matter what. So, um, so yeah, so when it comes to, when it comes to that, 
all that money is really yours. Wait, so you're not doing tax? Like, am I filing my taxes through my from my LLC? No. You do. You do have to. You do have to file it separate separately. Um, and then what you'll get, I believe, is a K-1 form out of the LLC. And then you put that, that in your personal exactly. taxes. Exactly, and you'll put that into your personal taxes, and then oh. it all just gets adjusted there. Yeah. Gotcha. And TurboTax is your best friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, call in. I, we, I told you earlier. You like <laughs> yeah. had a heart attack when I told you how many W-2s I get. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I mean, that's a far tougher job to keep to keep a hold of than our one time a year, you know, tax, you know, yeah. whatever. Expenses. Oh, no, yeah, that, yeah. It's turbo crazy. turbo tax is my jam. I yeah. can like fuck with that all day. There we go. Yeah. So so if there is one expense that's totally worth it, turbo tax. Definitely. Got it. And it's like not expensive at all. I didn't even spend a hundred dollars, I don't think when exactly. I and I had to file in like three different three different states and like all kinds of bullshit. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't even know. Um And I was I was actually telling you earlier as well, if you make an income below a certain amount anyway. There are actually some tax software solutions out there. Like I believe H and R Block does have, you know, that's their way of kind of gaining some customers yeah, by giving their software yeah, out for free. Like the so. little the plebeians. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. What? Okay. So so fast forward. You incorporate your business and then, and then just start, and then off to the races, right? And then off to the races. Exactly. What are some of the challenges that have like? What have been some of the challenges in like a layman's terms, like not so much, not so much about like exactly what you do and like the marketing and all that, but just like owning a business. What have been some of the challenges so far? You know, it's, is that a hard question? No, no. But my friends are going to beat me over the head on this because, uh, I'm going to quote Elon Musk on this. So, uh, so as Elon Musk would say, uh, starting a business is like chewing on glass and looking into the abyss. Uh, and in some respects, it really is like that. So essentially what it means is you're pretty much going to eat, be eating crap in terms of you're going to have to do all the day-to-day just grind work every day, and it's going to be late hours because you don't have other – you don't have a huge team that you can rely on yeah. to do all the other work. And then the abyss part is this whole idea of I'm just looking out into the distance and I just don't know if I'm, if anything's out there. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, a good analogy, a good book to read on this is life of pie. Surprisingly, I was reading through it not too long ago and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I can relate to oh this so much because you know, there yeah, he is. They're just like, I have no fucking idea what, how I'm going to like get through this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he's on the boat. He's facing his immediate fear, which is, you know, is my business doing well now? What about my personal finances? Well, I can't jump in the water because there are sharks there as well. I'm too far from but, my previous land. And where is this future distant area that yeah. I want to get to? And on the boat is this tiger, which is like my biggest fear, even though it's not real. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it, sh- it is, but right. it is. Like I had a nightmare the other night that like a lion like got, came into the movie theater I was in and tried to eat people. That, wow. I think it's terrifying. I don't know why I don't. Of course it's terrifying. I mean, but like, yeah. why would yeah. that ever happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, yeah, very unreal, weird fear that I have. But yes, continuing on. Yeah, so I, I think I think there, if there's any, ever anything uh, there, it's that um, is, is dealing with, with the emotional aspect of it all, which is, am I going to have business? Uh, what we were doing here is a completely untested technology. You can do as much research as you want about your market, about your competitors and whatever else. And then tomorrow, next thing you see, Google comes around with, with some, the same thing that you have. Uh, ex- exactly. And so so I think that's one of the bigger things. And of course, you know, to, to some extent, you'll always have those naysayers behind you that will say, ah, you know, you really should just, you know, go back and, you know, keep 
go back to your education, go back to your MBA or whatever else. And so I think, th- I think that's the biggest uh, stress you have to deal with. The haters. You know, it's, it's not so much. So the haters, they're really, they're really looking out for you. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I, I feel like uh, I, to ev- to anyone, this area of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is not a science. Uh, people have tried to make it as much of a science as it is, but a lot of it is just a lot of trial and error and you're relying on and the biggest difficulty is you can build out a great product and you can know that it's a great product but at the end of the day if no one's buying it it doesn't matter exactly it's just like shark tank like if you look at shark tank there's these inventions and i'm like oh fuck this is great and they're all like i fucking hate this yeah. and i'm like wait i would buy this a hundred times and, be, and like the all the sharks are like this is the dumbest idea i've ever heard in my entire life mm-hmm. and or I'm, or I'm like oh this is great and they're like this is horrible <laughs> and i'm right. just like oh fuck and then i'm like do i not know anything but then like sometimes i do know so, you know what i mean sometimes yeah. they end up going on and being successful but i mean but again, like if people aren't buying, it, you could have the best invention in the entire world and some people won't buy it for another 20 years. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. So, uh, in, in fact, I believe there was a TED Talk on this. The timing is Everything. the most important yeah. factor when it comes it to is. things. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, that, that's that's a huge part of it. And, and of course, you do, and you have to deal with rejection. So, perhaps part of my, my acting background and my business development background over at C3R has really helped with that. But you just you just have to imagine yourself as a rhino and yeah. and just live every day with like a really thick skin because you know we've signed up to our fair share of accelerators and we've been we've been denied by our fair share of accelerators we've i've sent what is a, an accelerator exce- oh, an accelerator or an incubator is essentially uh i don't know if you've heard of these like y combinator tech stars no. so these are some of the platinum group of i've like blacked out of like most of what other, the other rest of the world does much like many people don't know what <laughs> i do on a daily basis i like do that to the rest of the world so no i've never heard of any of these things yeah fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and uh no and that's why you do this show so uh but but what an accelerator is is essentially they give you the necessary resources. Uh, generally, they do have some source of funding, so they'll give you around 100, 120 grand. And they'll say, okay, for the next three months, you'll have intensive workshops, and we'll prepare you to start getting funded as a company, as a startup. Oh, oh, okay. And, um, and so, and accelerators are generally really So they're like step grooming you exactly. to like the big, the big leagues. Exactly. And they've, and, do you you obviously pay them a lot of money? I'm assuming you right? don't pay them. Oh, they pay you oh. actually, oh. but they, you give but them equity. You give them equity in your exactly. company. Exactly. So generally, it's like you know six percent. So kind of like Shark Tank, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they yeah. they function as an investor. Yeah. They function as you know a small seed investor. But they're not like giving. Yeah, yeah, got it. Exactly. So. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what an incubator is, and then, people have rejected you, is what we were talking about before. Yeah, I had people to ask. have rejected me from that, and then uh, or us. And then, and then, of course, we've gotten our fair share of email rejections where yeah. it's like, please stop emailing me. Yeah. But you have to have that hustle. And as my brother always says, people respect the hustle. So yeah. you'll send an email. And, and we've had meetings where we set it up and first five minutes, they'll immediately go, you immediately can tell that they just don't care they're about not, this technology. But at the end of the meeting, they'll go, you know what? This is not for us, but we really appreciated the email, the way that you wrote it. I don't know what it was but really spoke to us. So, you know, it really helps to cut the BS out. Yeah. Uh, uh, when, especially when you're writing these cold emails, just get right to the point, get right to the point with everything. We're still struggling with that. We're still struggling with the message and making sure that it's as clear as possible because we all have a tendency. We, 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 we see the, we see the bigger picture in our companies and say, you know, we're going to disrupt this and do that and do that. No, just keep it clear. Keep the point focused. Yeah. Like an elevator pitch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. 
Yeah. What have been some of the happy things? So, uh, I think there were a few, few major points. Of course, the first major point was, yes, this technology is something that we can build. The second major point was when we got our very first meeting, which happened to be in the very first week of our really? operations. Yeah, which surprised the heck out of us, and we weren't even prepared for it. So we actually went into the meeting going, you know what, could you just give us feedback? We weren't even looking to make a sale yeah. there. We were just like, I, this is our first time doing this. And so it was a really great sport about it. Um, but yeah, and then, and of course, getting all those emails uh, is, is a great experience. But then the next one is when you start signing papers. When you start signing papers for, all right, here's our confidentiality agreement. And you're like, oh my and gosh, like, oh, this fuck. is getting close. Exactly. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Oh, Just, there we go. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then all of a sudden you, all of a sudden we get this call and it was. Wait, who's making you sign confidentiality agreements? Obviously you can't tell me, but like people that don't want their business, I right. guess. So you can't talk about the way that their business works. I mean, to, yeah, to a certain extent. So we're working with basically Fortune 500 companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they just like don't want you to say anything about anything. Exactly. Yeah. So they don't want you going to a competitor and saying, "Hey, by the this way, is how they do it." Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Exactly. exactly. I was, for a second, I was like, "What do they have to?" T-? Right. <laughs> I was like, "What do they have? What do they have to hide?" But yeah. I guess a lot because it's like their business strategy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. And then so yeah, we get this ominous email from this client that we've been speaking to for some time now. Came out of the blue. And this generally happens like this. They said, yeah, we'll get back to you. And then a few months later, randomly get an email saying, hey, uh, could we get on the phone on Monday? We had sent in a proposal and whatever else. Like, yeah, sure. And we were kind of preparing for the worst. And then all of a sudden they say, uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, we're, we're going to do this project with you guys. And then here are all the details. And you're just like, I can't believe this actually happened. Because historically, my brother and I have really worked on so many projects in the past and we've we've always talked about this idea of imagine the one day that we'll actually be able to do this and we'll, yeah. we'll be able to make money off of it. Yep. How, how cool is that? And this was this was that day. And I th- I think that I, c- I can't seem to think of a of a more joyous occasion when we got that very first one. Yeah, has it all been worth it? A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. No hesitation at all. No, uh, you know. Even when you're dealing with those ups and downs, I'm still thinking I'd much rather be doing this than anything. Than like, yeah. Yeah. And and it's, I'm incredibly grateful that we get to do this. I'm, uh, you know, a hundred times over. So I, I would I would do this in a heartbeat. And um, And so I hope that we can continue doing this for as long as we can because it's just an amazing experience. And it's it's really great to really be able to be this whole, you know, master of your destiny whatever yeah. you know invictus whatever so no it's a great feeling yeah what um give me three tips that you would give people that want to do want to start their own business okay they can be easier they can be com- like they don't need to be crazy but like what are three things you would tell someone if they're like i want to start a business and i like don't know what to like what what advice yeah. would you give them uh be patient in other words just we do have a tendency to kind of, there's a tendency, at least for me, to just like jump into things and start doing mm-hmm. them. And just have the patience to hold yourself back and make sure you do all the due diligence that you can. Just do the due diligence because that can either make or break 
where you're going to end up and you don't want to go two months from now and say, wow, I really regret that decision. So don't worry, like even though the tech world is going at an extremely fast pace, if you take that extra couple of months, the extra little time, it will be all worth it. Because, yeah. because you will have done all that preparation. Even if things don't turn out well, you'll be able to look back and say, you know what, at least we did all that preparation. So be patient uh, and, pre and prepare accordingly. Uh, always, always seek out criticism. So just, just actively seek it out, actively seek it out because we'll, we're generally surrounded by our top supporters, you know, family and friends. They always, you know, they want to be right there for us and they want to, yeah. you know, be happy for us, but actively seek it out. So if it's not from your family and friends because you feel they're too supportive, don't disillusion yourself, right? Just make sure that you hear one no make sure that you hear that no and ask why mm -hmm. if, and and make sure it should never be don't listen to the emotional reasons that well it's really difficult to do no screw that just make sure you listen to the rational points there if someone has a really logical argument take the time to think about it ask questions and then write them an email afterwards and say hey i want to keep you updated because you seem to be a very honest person so i have my little honest circle that i keep around and it's been incredibly important to keep me in check. Um, so, and then one more prioritization of uh, prioritization of resources being your time, your money and whatever else. So it can be incredibly easy to say, Oh, I'm going to start working on all this big picture work. Uh, but if it's not going to yield results for tomorrow, then I'm not going to be able to eat food next week. Yeah. So just make sure that you prioritize all of your activities and be hyper productive. Uh, you know, in fact, someone worth kind of like reading up on is Tim Ferriss. Um, and yeah, my uh, friend just was like talking about him the other day. There we go. Tim Ferriss. And then a book I do recommend is The Lean Startup by, I believe, Eric Weiss. It's really good. It really helps you look at a company in as scientific of a formula as you can in a stepwise function and make sure you prioritize all of your steps and say, I don't have to have my end product already prepared. I just have to have just enough, just enough, and, and keep, keep working for that and, and, and keep short-term goals in mind so that your short-term buckets can lead to a longer-term vision. So Yeah. yeah. What, um, any final thoughts? You can say you know, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. Uh, you know, I think it's incredibly important to have a co-founder. Yeah, uh, it really is. Unless you're doing it as a free, uh, unless you're doing work as like a, a freelancer and you have some gig on the side and whatnot. But if you're going into this full time, you're going to the startup world full time, have a co-founder and all of these, all of these investment communities and whatever else will stress the idea of team. Having a good team is what really helps you through all of those staring into the abyss, chewing on glass and whatnot. Yeah. I've been, you know, up late till way past, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And the fact that I have my brother by my side and he has me by his side, you know, we're championing each other, pushing each other. And when all comes to an end, at least you can give someone a high five at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and being able to share in on that joy with someone that's been there every step of the way, 
is there's it's just such a great feeling. So yeah. so I strongly recommend if you if you don't have a co-founder just yet, start actively seeking one out because you will need it. And investors actually do actively look for an actual team. A team, not yep. just a person. Exactly. Well, that's good advice. Thank you. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Even though I'm sure no one that would be in need of your services is actually fucking listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> where can people find the business online? Um, oh, yes. or how can they get in touch with you or whatever if they would like if they are interested? What I, would they? What, what should they do? I mean, if if you want to check out our website, feel free to do so. There's also an interactive feature on there under Landscaper. So it's teglaretail.com. T e g l a retail. What does that mean? Tegla, which is actually derives from the Hungarian word tegla, which is brick, brick and mortar. Oh, got it. Yeah, so it's a very so tegla retail tegla retail dot com. com. Yeah. Um, where can people find you online if you would like them to find you? If you don't, you can say yeah, no. You no. can. So you can. Uh, you can find me pretty much on Instagram, as usual. People say, yeah, yeah. Th- Thomas Pataki, T A M A S P A T A K Y. Um, you'll, you'll is that your handle? I feel like it's T. I feel like it's not T Pataki. T Pataki. That's yeah. probably that's my Instagram handle. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you shoot me a message on Facebook, you know if you if you get in touch with me through Facebook, just make sure to include a message and say, "Hey, I heard you on XYZ podcast, and I absolutely love to talk about any sort of entrepreneurial endeavors that you have." Uh, so just let me know, and I'll be glad to provide any sort of assistance that I can. Yeah, he's the man. Oh, you helped me very much, and I was very very thankful. Um, Thank you for sharing your story. Thank, thank you for you. having me at Roosevelt Island. And thank I've, you for coming. Yeah. Um, if you would like to be on Loud and Curious, you can send me an email to chris at loudandcurious.com. Um, and if you guys like the show, please leave me an iTunes review. Um, that's how I can be seen by more people. Um, make sure it's five stars, obviously, unless you really hate me, and then you can make it one star. Um, but give me, tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you'd like to see more. Um, and again, you can just email me with all of that. Again, it's chris at loudandcurious.com. You can find me um, on Instagram, Twitter, and everything else at the Chris Rosa. You can find the show at Loud and Curious. Um, and again, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you. Bye. This episode of Loud and Curious was produced by me, Chris Rosa. My cover art photo and all the photos on my website were taken by Alyssa Timoteo. Cover art graphics and photo editing by Chris Moore. The boys from Remember Jones wrote and performed my theme music. Like them on Facebook and Instagram at Remember Jones. Next time on Loud and Curious. You don't have to do anything with him. I didn't say bad things about Brooks. I said I don't think he's good for you. How do you know what's good for me? That's my opinion! (laughs) (laughs) Face turns red. Scene. Scene. (laughs) Oh my god. Do we need to call the fire department? Are you okay? Head blows off. Scene. I'm seeing so many veins that I didn't know were there. You are Tamara right no, now. I, <laughs> I think she has all those veins in her head. Do you?